right, that was one more from the Phantom Blues Band. Thanks to Sheldon for sharing these great CDs with me. That was off of uh, Footprints, Phantom Blues Band, track 11, A Very Blue Day. We'll listen a little more. I have a guest standing by to join us, Leanne Summers, president of Los Angeles Women in Music. She's also a singer, vocal coach, producer, clinician at Leanne Summers Entertainment, and she's standing by. Good morning, Leanne. Good morning, Janine. Thank you for calling in. Yes. I remember meeting you at She Rocks a few years ago, and I've seen you every year on the red carpet, and it's always great to chat with you. Yes, you as well. I, uh, that's actually where we did meet the first time, as I recall. Right. How did you get involved with the She Rocks Awards? Well, Los Angeles Women in Music, um, I, we have some news in that regard, which I'm sure we'll get to, but I've Good. been president and been involved since 1992 with the organization. Anyway, long story short is Laura knew of my work, Laura Whitmore, the founder of She Rocks, mm-hmm. and she reached out to me uh, way back uh, on her very first year of doing this and asked if we would be one of the sponsors, and we obviously wanted to be. And so literally from year one when she had her brunch on a Friday morning in yes. a small room at the hotel, um, where it all began. With Orianti. Uh, we were one of the sponsors. <laughs> we, I think Orianti was at that one? Yes, she was. Yes, yeah. I remember. Yeah. Um, tell me about Los Angeles Women in Music. Uh, Los Angeles Women in Music is a nonprofit organization. It was established in 1986 basically to try and level out the playing field with men and women and give women a support system in the music industry. Um, we've come a long way, baby, as they say, yeah. but, um, you know, back then it was highly, highly discriminatory and um, a lot of things going on that just really needed to be addressed. And um, so we've been a fixture in the industry for 25, or, or excuse me, a little over 30 years, um, really supporting women, helping them achieve what they want, empower them, educate them. We had the longest singer-songwriter showcase running in Los Angeles for 24 years before Fantastic. that stopped. Um, so a, a lot of wonderful things have come out of that organization. Um, the the news is, yes. if you will, yes. um, that uh, we, I personally have been advocating for a national organization for a long time. Okay. That being said, there is actually a national women in music um, located in New York City. Great. They've been around for about six or eight months longer than we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, hence, they own the name, and we had to become Los Angeles Women in Music because they already had the name. Okay. Um, and, uh, so the, just the name in and of itself sort of sets us as a regional type of situation, even though we've had members from around the country and even as far as, um, South Africa. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. So, um... It just seemed after 30 years, which we celebrated last year, um, that it was time to really kind of connect the dots between the East Coast and the West Coast and right. and and give more power to more women in more places and um, for the greater good of everything to um, join forces with them. I think so, it's fantastic. Yeah, we put it to vote to our members, mm-hmm. and long story short is we are, I'm actually officially in the paperwork part of dissolving the California Corporation, Los Angeles Women in Music. And all of our members have been ported over, if you will, to the national organization. And they are now members of the inaugural chapter of WIM 
L.A. Great. And, um, yeah, it's it's exciting. exciting. It's a little bit bittersweet for me. Yeah, um, <laughs> of course. Sort of like sending your baby off to college right. for the first time and going, okay, spread your wings and fly, and I hope you don't need to, <laughs> you know, come back to mama. <laughs> right. Uh, I can't believe you used that analogy. I'm actually in that boat right now. <laughs> oh, I, I've never been there because I don't have children of my own. I have enough in my life that I figure right. I've been a mom about, you know, 500 times over. So, wow. Amazing. Um, yeah, but it's, like I said, it's it's a good thing. Um, you know, the, the community that we've had here is going to undergo some changes, obviously, and there's always those growing pains when sure. things, you know, go in this type of a direction. Right. Um, but I think in the end, uh, it's going to give our members more opportunities and not just the current members who, of course, you know, it's like your comfy shoes or your favorite sweatshirt. You're, you're used to it. You like it. You've right. got a great community. Right. You know, but they still have that. Now what they've got is more. Yes. And, um, and more importantly, um, not that they aren't important because they very much are, especially to me, mm-hmm. is that there are going to be more women oh, down good. the road That's who are going to now have access in ways that, that we can't do, you yeah. know, um, yeah. staying regional. So. Yeah. Well, that's it's fantastic. all good. That's good. I do want to mention, um, I lived in Boston for years, and yeah. I know you uh, are a graduate of Berkeley College of Music. I think that's fantastic. That's incredible. I sure school. am. And there's a lot of women. I know at She Rocks, there are different contacts. They're from Boston, or they went to Berkeley. Uh, tell me about your experiences. I mean, music has been part of your life for so many years. Oh, my goodness, yes. I hit the stage at 12, and I haven't stopped since. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. So I've been singing or teaching or performing or speaking or motivating or doing something in the music industry mm-hmm. forever. I mean, it's the my life, um, and it's taken a lot of curves and paths throughout the years, and I'm sure it's going to take a few more twists and turns before I'm no longer here. But, um, yeah, but where Berkeley is concerned, um, I actually recorded. My, my very first recording was a live uh album, literally the vinyl kind, mm-hmm. uh, at about 8 o'clock in the morning at Berkeley College of Music with my high school jazz band. Really? Uh, <laughs> yes, in 1975. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, so, it, you know, because we didn't do back then what we're capable of doing now. Right. So that was a, uh, a big deal. But that's, I was introduced to Berkeley through exchange concerts uh, with my jazz band. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I absolutely wanted to go. And long story short, um, I wasn't able to go at 18 when people typically go off to college for a lot of reasons. I didn't have the, the financial means and a lot of things were happening. And so I hit the road for 10 years and did a lot of other things. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to put myself through school back at Berkeley now. I've Good. always wanted to and let's do it. And so I did, um, a four-year um, professional music program uh, mm-hmm. in two and a half <laughs> years Whoa. Uh, while I was gigging full-time and married and commuting and, you know, Amazing. all the craziness that goes along with that. Yes. And um, I was a voice principal as far as my instruments. Mm-hmm. And um, my other attachment to Berkeley through the years is I, I graduated in 88. In uh, 1994, I established the first alumni chapter for Berkeley out here in Los Angeles. Oh, that's great. And um, ran that for 11 years. 
And then I was asked to sit on the board of trustees for the college in 1999. That's incredible. And um, I served six years as a trustee. Mm -hmm. And during this time, both when I was at the school, um, having left, working the industry, the alumni stuff, everything, and going back as a trustee, what I love about Berkeley, um, where women are concerned, is that they have made great strides and real valiant efforts on trying to increase the percentage of women at the school and the atmosphere for women, um, whether they be a teacher, a student, administrative, whatever that is. Um, and when I first was going to Berkeley, <laughs> the population was like um, 11% maybe max of, of women. women. Wow. That's so yeah. teeny. And uh, so that would have been 1986 when I arrived. And then when I was on the board of trustees, part of the vision statement that we had, they do a 10-year vision statement every 10 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, four of the bullet points of the 10 bullet points for the vision statement were all related to women. Um, and I'm proud to say that when I left six years later, the percentages were up to like 26 percent. Um, they're now up. High, I don't quote me on this because uh, somebody would have a field day with it somewhere. <laughs> but <laughs> it's way higher now. Right. That's, a, that's but fine. The biggest the biggest thing is that Berkeley was more about uh, not mirroring what's in the industry. They want to establish what the industry should be and get that out to the industry. And that's, that's great. really very important. Im very, very important. Yeah. Because um, saying, oh, well, you know, there's only about 20% of the women out there are engineers or whatever. And at that point, that was probably a ridiculously overly high, exaggerated percentage, you right. know. Um, it was probably more like 5%. You know, they weren't right. saying, well, let's have 5% of our population as engineers. No, let's increase it to 40 or 50% and get female engineers out there or yes. whatever the particular area was. Right. Um, as a singer and a vocal coach, I mean, uh, it's kind of a no-brainer that you're going to have a, probably equal or more women in that area than some other areas as far as instruments and uh, careers. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know... Uh, at one point, it was the largest uh, department at the school, along with guitar, by mm -hmm. the way. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I had a guitar uh, teacher who went to Berkeley, and I stayed with him for nine years, and he was amazing. So I, yeah. I know all about Berkeley. It was right, right across from Wurlitzer's Music, where I took lessons. Yes, yeah. yep, yep, I do remember that. And you Daddy's did. Junkie Music down the oh, street. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I had, a lot of great memories. I had a crazy story of Boston when I first moved there. I remember I didn't know when there was a game, there was no street parking, overnight street parking, and I came down the next day to go to work. I think it was my first, yeah, it was my first uh, week of work. And i walking and walking and walking. I'm like, where's my car? And it was towed. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm and like, boy, that little Denver boot, as they call it, oh, you know, yeah. and everything, too, that they put on them for the parking there. It's, yeah. it's quite intense in, in Boston, oh, <laughs> the parking situation. Yeah, one of the things I do like about L.A., it's a little bit easier on the parking. Yeah, that in the airport. I parked at the airport one time, ran inside to get somebody. I came out, someone else was where my car was parked. I'm like, what, what's going on? Where's my yeah, car? Yeah, yeah, yeah crazy. they're quite strict there. <laughs> so tell me about, I know you coach a lot of uh, young women, but do you ever get adults that come to you and say, you know, I've always wanted to sing, but I haven't had the nerve? 
Do you have clients um, like that? I've had I've had everything from uh, my youngest was four and my oldest was seventy five. I believe you wow. know ish. That's everything from beginners to Grammy winners, Emmy nominated, and Emmy winners for that matter. I just uh, finished work with the Ray Donovan show uh, mm-hmm. last season with um, the principal actors in that show. Yes, um, but yes, um, I have had a few. Um, I find that just because of the nature, more now than, than years ago, because of the nature of my work and some of the different things that I do, um, those people don't tend to contact me. Right. Um, they'll, especially now with the Internet and with all these various places where you can find teachers, mm-hmm. um, they, they tend to go to um, uh, other people, you know, just yeah. uh, partially because of my rates and, and what I do, and, sure. and they probably kind of, like, shy away, you know? Right. Um, right. But, yes, I have had some, and, you know, my whole thing to anybody, I don't care what age you are. I don't care if you're four or if you're, you know, 70. Yeah. Um, if you want to sing, you want to play the piano, you want to strum a guitar, you want to blow a flute, I don't care what it is, just do it. I agree. You know, you're, you're I mean, there are definite things with a singer, um, your body is your instrument, so right. everything affects the vocal cords, and that includes hormones and age and dryness and flexibility and Stress. all sorts of things that we have more issues with the older we get. I was going to say stress, you know, because when yeah. you're older, you're stressed, yeah. you, you know, you don't think you can hit that note and, you know, do those things. Well, that people... comes whether you're, again, whether you're four or seven. That's true. <laughs> Although you I, know, people I think, have that fear when they're younger as well. That's true. But I, yeah, but the older you are, it's it's like anything. You know, we we tend the older we get, we get in our comfort zones and we get a little afraid to do anything new. Um, you know, especially if we think we're going to fail. You know, kids tend to just jump in the pool and just splash and go, and oh, they don't worry about am I going to drown? Yes, <laughs> right. You know, they just do it. Yeah. Um, so as adults, we tend to hold back. I think. Um, but the bottom line is that the spirit moves you to do it, just do it. And, you know, know that music is such a healer in so many ways and gives so much comfort to so many people. And there are so many things you can do with it, um, uh, without having to be a professional or make a living at it. You know, um, right. my goodness, um, how many houses would be very boring and very quiet if people weren't just singing along with the radio or, you know, grabbing the hairbrush and jumping up and down on the bed to the Supremes when you were a kid, you know? Exactly. Well, I was going to mention, because the theme of the show is get the funk out, and a lot of people Uh go through ups and downs, and I can imagine how music has probably kept you pretty sane and, you know, maybe gotten you out of a funk or two throughout your life. Probably kept me a little insane as well, <laughs> depending on oh, how really? you look at it. <laughs> it has. Um, let's see. I've, I've cried my way through some songs on my old Fender Rhodes, yes. you know, yes. when uh, I was going through a bad breakup. Yes. You know, you, you hear all those kinds of stories. But the, the beauty of music is that, um, I, I mean, first of all, it, the use of music, you know, with therapy, music therapy, especially for kids or cancer patients or the elderly, has Mm -hmm. just been incredible, you know, Um, and these are proven facts. This isn't like, you know, oh, yeah, sure, music heals. No, it really, really does. does. And there are some incredible things going on in that that area. Um, But in general, um, 
You know, if you're dreading cleaning the house, turn on the tunes you and bet. crank it to classic rock or whatever. Trust me, you'll scrub harder and faster. I agree. Um, <laughs> I agree. So it's, it's something as simple as that to... Um, you need to de-stress. I mean, think of all, a, a lot of people are maybe too stressed or their mind is too busy to literally do what I'm going to call sort of serious, classical, standard, traditional meditation. Mm-hmm. But boy, turning on meditative music and soundscapes and things like that, especially if you can put headphones on yes. and just go into that world, you know, again, the proof of the, of the de-stressing is there. Um, not to mention it's great when there's wine and cheese and crackers <laughs> and candlelight in a fireplace, you know? <laughs> I'm going to come hang out with you. That sounds good. <laughs> no, I agree, though. I mean, I've gotten to a zone, whether it's walking or writing, because of that kind of music. Exactly. And, yeah. you know, it's funny because um, I love to walk, um, but there are times when, you know, I just kind of you need to get the funk out and get out That's, there and do it. And, right. and I have I have certain songs that are in the playlist that I know that I'll pump and I will walk at a little faster pace, right. you know, doing that. Um, it's a great reflective place to go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not just, I mean, instrumental music is great. As a singer, we're the only instrument with the luxury or curse, depending on how you look at it, of a yeah, lyric. Right. You know? Sure. Um, but, you know, the lyrics in the songs so many times can take us places. Now, you know, if you're having a really bad breakup and you're really in a nasty funk, mm-hmm. um, probably listening to a real bad breakup song is not going to no, get no, you no. out of the funk. Uh-uh. It's going to make you want to go beat the guy over the head with yes. a baseball bat, maybe. Or, right, or eat hog uh, does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so you might want to, you know, it's sort of like, what is it, you know, if you need to get the red down in your face, you use green, you know, you yes. don't, right? It's like the, you, you need to use the opposite side of the color wheel for I things. Agree. Well, in music, you know, use the opposite side of the emotional wheel to uh, turn your turn your mood around, whatever it is. Right. You know, if you're sleepy, again, putting on meditative music is going to probably put you to sleep. Yes. Yeah. Um no, I completely Which, agree. Yeah. So so whatever your your funk is, mm-hmm. um, there are so many so many types of music that can uplift you. Um, boys, you ever watch that the movie, um, you know, where there's something going on or a scene in a play or anything at all and, and the music kicks in and it just lifts you up in a way. Oh yes. Whether it's a praise song at your church or whether it's a rah rah song at the uh, the races, you know, it, it instills energy in ways that um, I don't know anything else that can. Right, right. Yeah, I can do aerobics for 20 minutes and get the heart <laughs> pumping, and yeah, and I'll have some residual energy later. You know? Sure, of but course. But I can immediately improve my mood by turning on the right song. Oh, I, I agree completely. I do want to mention that you've been involved in um, some shows and Broadway performances and things like that, right? Uh, no, I haven't been on Broadway. No, my, no, some of my clients have your, been. Yeah. Your clients, yes, that's what I meant to yes. say. Yes, yes, and uh, a lot of film and TV shows. I did um, musical episodes for the Drew Carey Show, mm-hmm. uh, West Wing, Maggie Winters, Californication, House of Lies. Oh, Cold uh, Case, too, I saw. Cold Case, yeah, mm-hmm. that one was fun. Um, I got hired to sing um, a um, TLC song. Oh, you did? For that show, 
And um, at first it was going to be a sound alike, but then it was, you know, again, all the legal logistics, you know, um, they couldn't use the actual song and then TLC didn't want the song used as a sound alike because they didn't want it to appear that it was theirs. If it did sound like amazingly like it. Um, So I was basically kind of hired to go in and say, okay, take this song and pretend like you are a 20-year-old Britney Spears doing TLC. (laughs) And And at the time, I was like 48 or something, and I'm laughing because there was a a Rasta version. Right. And... Um, and th- there were a couple of, you know, re- remakes uh, of it as far as the, the backing tracks. Um, but it was it was a blast That's because um, I like the challenges of the studio. I like having somebody tell me to create something that's like, okay, and we're going to do that how? Okay, got it, you know? Yeah, sure. Um, it, it's it's one of the beauties and, of it. Yeah, absolutely. It's like improv. Yeah, I yeah. I agree. What advice would you give to people that uh, want to sing at any age? They're just apprehensive. Oh, well, the first thing I would tell them is um, sing in the shower because mm-hmm. everybody sounds good in the shower. <laughs> 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 and what I mean by that is is find some places. Now, whether that's singing in the shower, whether that's cranking the tunes on the radio in your car as you're going down the freeway or you know, and just sing at the top of your lungs for the sheer joy of loving the music and loving the space and the place that you're in and get to where you can just do that. Um, you know, where you don't have any of the apprehension. And then if you want to pursue it beyond that, um, there are things like get involved in your local community or your churches or places where you can potentially sing in a group situation where you're supported by other people Again, if you're a little bit scared to kind of get out there, group situations are wonderful for that. That's a good idea. Um, and then if you actually then say, okay, look, I want to um, I want to learn to sing. I want to be able to sing in a club or an open mic or audition for one of the TV competitions or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get, get with a coach. Get with somebody who can help you structure some practice time and because first of all your instrument or muscles it's like you know um a runner doesn't roll out of bed and go run a 15 or 20 mile marathon without stretching or without having trained to get to the point where they've got the stamina for that sure um it's the same thing with singing so it's important to get with a coach that can help you with that teach you how to loosen up warm up properly so you don't injure yourself um and find the tools that allow you to uh, get that high note you can't get or that you're afraid of um, to help find songs that are appropriate for your instrument. Right. Everyone was born different as far as their ra- their vocal range, their vocal timbre, their sound, their color, their tone. Um, are they a soprano, alto, tenor, bass? What are the, you know what? What's that? Do they have a bright sound? Do they have a gravelly tone? Whatever. Right. Sometimes, um, sometimes you don't even know what you're capable of. Exactly. And if you get with someone who's been doing the types of things that I've been doing for years and years and years, um, I can sit and in a matter of a couple of minutes um, analyze where somebody's at with their raw instrument and have some idea of what what they're bringing to the table. 
Yes. Um, and then from there, through discussions with what they like, don't like, um, what they want to do, all those kinds of things, you can help sort of steer them toward, um, when I say the right material, it could be something as simple as they want to sing a particular um, I'll say an Adele song that has a lot of range in that, and they're not ready for that yet. So put them, a, a good coach will put them on a song that they are capable of doing right then and there and work yeah. on the comfort level of just being comfortable. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like, you know, if, you're, if you've never walked around in high heels and you're comfortable in sneakers, then wear some sneakers for a little bit doing the activity. And then break in the heels gradually, you know? Yes. No, I, I um, agree. I agree. Yeah. So there's lots of things that can be done with a coach from, like I said, the health aspect, the technical stuff, the exercises, the warming up, the cooling down, all of that, and, and, and learning to um, sing correctly and learning. You know, I, I always tell my people if they come in with a particular song and they're having trouble, they might have... You know, there's a gazillion syllables or words in a song, depending on the one you choose. Right. There might be literally 20 words or notes or syllables or something in the song where they're really having trouble. They just are not getting it. And with certain tools and tips and tricks and what I kind of call Band-Aids, okay. um, I might be able to give them tidbits or, you know, tips that will immediately get rid of half of them. Okay, that's and great. then all of a sudden, there's a confidence building there. Mm -hmm. Now, bottom line is they might not be able to get rid of all 20 in one session. You know what I'm saying? Depending on what the thing is. Yes. And the Band-Aids sometimes are exactly that. They're a Band-Aid. It doesn't stop how you got hurt or how the injury occurred or, you know, the cause of the issue. So you have to, at some point, develop the muscle and the muscle memory and all the things that make that no longer an issue. Okay. Um, but sometimes there are little tricks and tips that you can do that just sort of fix the problem right then and there. And for me, those things are autopilot. For somebody else, it might be, okay, I'm doing a show tonight. i got to remember to do whatever it was that Leanne told me sure. to do on this syllable. Trust me, you don't want to be out on the stage thinking about those no, things no, at the moment. Not at all. In the beginning, you might have to for a little bit, or you might have to say, you know what, tonight, no matter what I do, my focus is going to be on taking deep breaths or whatever, you yes. know, whatever it is that yes. you're working on. So unfortunately, we have to wrap up, but where can people find out more about you, Leanne? Uh, well, the best place ultimately will be my website, which is leannesummers.com. It is under construction. I'm building a new site right now. Uh, post the whim. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of like I'm putting my energy, taking my energies from there and actually putting it back into my studio. Right. And of course, uh, I'm on Facebook, um, Leanne Summers Music, um, All Things Voice, which is, you know, who I am. You need a singer, a vocal coach, a clinician, a speaker, a producer, anything having to do with voice. Perfect. So my Twitter handle is All Things Voice. And, um, Excellent. Yeah, so pretty much if you uh, do a Google search, I'm there. All right. Leanne, thank you so much for calling into the show. It's been great chatting with you. Thank you. I'll see you at next year's She Rocks. You absolutely will. <laughs> All right. Have a great day. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm. That was Leanne Summers calling in. And if you missed any part of this, it will be up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.com.
org. Up next, Sheldon Abbott with Cure for the Blues. We're going to play a little bit more some of these great CDs from the Phantom Blues Band. And uh, that's a wrap for me. I'm Janine. This is Get the Funk Out, and you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.